Uh, well, even though, even though it's established in the tagline, it's not TV. Well, no, I'm, I'm going from the fact that... I'm going to consider it TV, even though specifically I mean, it says it's not TV. It's clearly TV. It's Alan, it's not TV. But it's clearly TV. It's not TV, uh, it's but, HBO. But, but it is TV. But, I mean, like... I always movie? remember it being on like direct TV where you had to like it's pay not a more movie. for those channels. It's not a movie. It's, it's not, not TV. It's not a video game. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> Welcome to Guilty yeah. Treasures. A fun deep dive down to the depths of those pop culture gems that you hate to love. Those dulcet tones that you hear is not James White. It's myself, Kenny Madison, chief archivist of flatfilms.com. Please visit the URL flatfilms.com. It is very much an operational URL. Across from me is... It's a great URL. It's a it's, great it's URL. It's a fantastic... It's a functional website. I'm going to stick up for James and say that URL is probably still not uh, functional. Chef's Kiss, mm, <laughs> just a good one. It's, Ooh, it's, it's so juicy. Good, baby. It's juicy. Um, I'm Aaron Salinas. Uh, I am editor, uh, background photographer, uh, hugger, uh, flatfilms.com. And to my left, uh, I am Alan Smith. I am a software engineer. I work for EA Sports. Um, Work on the Madden franchise, uh, and that's all we're going to talk about that today. Brag but about it. A little bit. A little shit. bit. Jeez. Humble brags. Not so humble brags. Let's be real. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's just in the game. Bragging. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not yes, like here. That's you what that everyone guy? says. Have you met that guy? Madden. Madden. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I've the, met John Madden himself. I'm more impressed with the it's in the game guy more so than Madden, <laughs> if I'm being honest. He's just... Uh, I don't believe I have, but I'm not sure I would recognize him. Because he looks plain Jane. He looks, yeah, so like that, that'd that be cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we gathered here today, us three bearded men, to discuss. In all honesty, check uh, check the Instagram, because it's eerie how, how close and alike we look. There's some similar traits. Yeah. Usually uh, in the meta descriptions of the podcasts, uh, we refer to ourselves as the boys. Capital B, we are the boys. It's usually three boys. But today it's three bears. <laughs> You're not wrong. Today you are certainly not wrong. Today it's three big boys that if we went to a certain t- part of town, they would go, mm. We'd get free drinks. Yeah. <laughs> We'd get, without a doubt. That's right. And gladly, too. Uh, yeah, I'll take one. Because we are allies. I love a Shirley Temple. Yes, I, lo- I actually love I really Shirley love Temple. Shirley. That's, my, that's my Olive Garden choice, drink of choice. <laughs> All right, I respect it. I respect it. it. It's Do a you good not one. like Shirley Temples, Alan? Uh, you know, I don't think I've tried one. Oh, man. We're, Olive Garden All right. gets you a Shirley Temple. For whatever reason, Dinner. they're just different there. Dinner night. Let's they're go. just different. Well, All right. it, this is a genuine story uh, that I've got about Olive Garden because last time I was there, Olive Garden, I was feeling a little bit uncertain. Um, but, you know, I went there and I really I felt like family. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> he said it was a genuine story, not a bit. Damn. What? Sorry, it's what? not TV, it's family. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a fun deep dive down to the depths of those pop culture gems that you hate to love. Uh, so, Alan, we're not in here just to talk bits. We're here to talk about uh, Millennial March. That's what we're here. We're entering week two. You're bringing it. Did you just radio soundboard yourself? 
So yeah, you, you came in with a, a late can, bloomer in the millennial March. Late, uh, technically December 2010, but close enough. It uh, made it. We it's are just on the cusp of being out of the Audis. Cusp. Oh no! Here it comes. Today we're talking about Tron Legacy. What? What? Oh man! Which is a sequel to the 1982 Disney classic Tron. As all sequels should be, decades after. Also, classic may be a strong word for Tron, but eh. it's formative. That yeah. I, I don't think that that can be argued because it made such huge jumps in technology for film. Absolutely. Um, while not the first film to feature computer-generated images, uh, I, I believe Star Trek II holds that acclaim, uh, which I'm very pleased with. Aaron, make eye contact when I talk about <laughs> Star Trek. Sorry. Thank you. It feels empty if you don't. I think. <laughs> uh, Tron used it the most, and it used it with the most aplomb. Uh, it's formative of it's it's part of the story. Gosh darn it! it I feel like it's is. everybody's go-to. Yeah, like, yeah, computers, movies, Tron. Yeah. Now the problem with making that part of your story so much is uh, technology moves pretty quickly, uh, as I know in the business, as they say. Oh, that's right. You. you have an inside knowledge into how hard this movie would have been. Uh, oh, yeah. Something like <laughs> sure. that. Not, I'm not an animator, so I couldn't say for certain. But, um, sure. But uh, the thing is, you go back and watch it now, these things don't tend to age well. No. And there wasn't a ton of story behind the original Tron that really helps that movie. So, like... Going back and watching it now, and you're like, why is this considered a classic? Sure. And, and it's because of what you said. It was formative at, at its time. It was it was certainly uh, groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was implementing uh, – it was a, in this weird space of Disney. It was uh, post the death of Disney, and Disney was kind of in an aimless space in the world. Uh, its animation department had kind of gone way downhill, and Disney was certainly not the juggernaut uh, that it is today. And it was still, if this movie was released in 82, I think it was still seven years before the Disney Renaissance began. Uh, wow, that's a weird period then. That's a very yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is where the nerdiest Disney movies come out, I feel like, because it's not just this. I think it's also the black hole in 1979. Tron in 82, I'm certain that there's a whole bunch that I'm missing. The Black Cauldron, I think, comes out someplace mm. in between here. Uh, for, for folks that might not be familiar with Tron or Tron Legacy, uh, Alan, can, can you give us a brief synopsis so the basic, of these films? The basic conceit of the uh, Tron franchise, as it were, is there is a world inside of our computers, and via what is essentially technological magic that we accept because it's the main conceit of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a laser that can digitize you and put you into this setting. Naturally, yes. Um, and then you have grand wild adventures in that setting. Sure. Think of it Wizard of Oz style. And our, our, our protagonist is Flynn, Kevin Flynn, played by Jeff Bridges, a young Jeff Bridges, uh, paired up with Bruce Boxleitner and... Mm -hmm. uh, 
another woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But most importantly, Bruce Boxleitner. <laughs> uh, and the first one is so odd because it's, he's not a – Kevin Flynn is certainly not a clear protagonist. Kind of bounces between who is in charge of the movie. That is certainly true. It's uh, kind of a split focus from – it's pretty clearly that – it's Kevin Flynn up until the point where you introduce the character of Tron, which, mm-hmm. by the way, happens, I think, 34 minutes into the movie. Sure. He is the titular character, introduced 34 <clears throat> minutes in. He's the Will Smith of Independence Day <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah. And it takes a while before you get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, of course, <laughs> plays Colonel James Independence Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, um, but yeah, when, once you get to that point, it does kind of, flip back and forth between Kevin Flynn and Tron and they're working together for a while and they get separated several times over the course of the movie and you go on these wacky adventures and you'll notice I'm not getting too in-depth into the plot. It's because there's honestly, there's not a ton of depth there. It's, they get into the system. Uh, It's a system run by the Master Control Program or MCP Uh, (laughs) and it's, it is, it is quote, not a free system. Uh, and that's bad because yeah. information should be free. There, there's, there's definitely, and even more so in the sequel, of there's a theme of information should be free, which is a message I can get behind personally. Socialist uh, coward. Go on. <laughs> Scum. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but uh, they go on their wacky adventures. Eventually they... <laughs> defeat the MCP, Kevin Flynn returns to the real world, and the, th- the reason he's in there in the first place, I guess we should briefly mention, Sure. Uh, he made a bunch of video games. The now CEO of Encom, which is the company that owns all these fancy technology, sure. uh, stole those video games and has passed them off as his own and has become crazy rich off of it. And he wants proof that, no, really, he made them and not... Edward Dillinger. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm throwing around a few names here because there are so many callbacks in Tron Legacy, which is the movie we're actually here to talk about today. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's Tron. All of that is <laughs> Tron. Also, I think you forgot that there's a talking computer bite. Oh, yes. Bite? Uh, a, a bit. Bit. Yes. Oh, man. It's a bit. Idiot. <laughs> Just added letters where they it, don't All belong. it says is yes or no. Yeah. It's great. It's very cute. It's wonderful. It's very 80s. Yes. Uh, you do not have to watch Tron unless you want to watch something that is really lovely and wonderful to look at. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It, it's fun. It's just like, ah, we've come a far away. It's like saying thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> it really is like saying thank you. We, we've gone some places. Tron, just, yeah, salute fir- you, soldier. The first Tron is a super earnest movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we're not here to talk about dumb Tron. We, we got we got some big guns. Ugh, gross. What? Tron? Patui. Uh, I, I just want to watch a movie like Tron, but I need something that looks like neon and glass. Can you help me? Well, Kenny, can what? I introduce you to Tron Legacy? What? Here the comes sequel. Disney. <laughs> it's, been, it's been in the gym a while, this Disney, since 82. It's coming in hot. Cut to, to 2010, where Disney, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they own America. They just purchased it outright. Sounds right, yeah. Sure. Just Venmo'd cash over <laughs> before Venmo existed. 
Sure. Uh, they probably invented Venmo so that they can make this transaction. Yeah. Because obviously. And just got tired of it and gave it to the people. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, this was uh, 2010. They, uh, I mean, Disney was Disney at this point. They, yeah. Some, they've already, <clears throat> they're well into Pixar. They're well into being Disney and the, the juggernaut that they are. I don't think that they had uh, purchased Marvel yet. I no. think that's still. I think that's in 2011 uh, or or 2012. Well, Star Wars was 2012 for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to say Marvel was after that, wasn't it? Uh, purchasing Marvel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's after this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on the cusp, and they're yeah. certainly trying to. I think pi- this is after Pirates. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're they're killing the box office with Pixar, um, and oh man, the 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 story of the development of this movie is wild. Live actions. This was, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, in the heat of the live action revival. Well, do you, do you know how this movie got traction? I'm, I'm I do tell. Know how it failed. Sure. I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah. The the movie was was not well received. Uh, which is why it's on Guilty Treasures. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so, oh man, this is so cool. Uh, back whenever Comic-Con was uh, still a, a little bit for the fans, um, I, I believe this was during the Disney panel, and they were showing trailers, and it was some, some panel, and then suddenly in, in the hall, the lights went dark. And the first uh. image is that you see a cloud, uh, a cloud made of pixels. And then it drops down into Tron Legacy World, and then you just start off with a light cycle race. But it's new Tron. Uh, sorry, I forgot to say, no one knew this was happening. Yep. This was definitely out of left field. Yeah. This is pretty much and, – and the Comic-Con audience has basically shown a proof of concept trailer. Oh, wow. Uh, and you can, you can still find this very easily on the web as a proof of concept trailer if you just go to YouTube – so and this was very, very hush hush then beforehand. If it was a proof of and literally, knew, right? no one knew that this was coming. Um, and what what happens during the piece is that they have a light cycle race, uh, and then it cuts to old Jeff Bridges, and people just lose their mind. I think this was right before the Jeff Bridges Renaissance. Uh, I th- think this was after the Jeff Bridges Renaissance or daring. Uh, Tron Legacy was. Uh, but they cut to old Jeff Bridges and he's in some sort of glass balcony that is overlooking everything. And uh, the two light cycle racers are light cycle racing. Then at some point, the light cycle racer, uh, one of the light cycle racers break down, uh, starts crawling away from the other one and yells, it's just a game. It's just a game. And then lights up on also a young Jeff Bridges. And young Jeff Bridges goes, not anymore. Hard cut. Tertoon. Because the title of the movie was Tron, but the O was replaced with a two. I do vaguely recall this, yes. Yeah, I, I watched I'm... a bootleg trailer of this. It was so out of focus. People, <laughs> people lost their minds, and they literally did not know what they were talking about. They were going, is this a video game? Is this a movie? What is this? Uh, but the, the, the response to this was so overwhelmingly positive that this kicked it into gear. And that's why we've got Tron Legacy, which flopped hard. So this was the toe in the water? Yeah. Okay. A surprise toe in the water that literally no one saw coming. 
They just deployed it out of nowhere. And because of that, because of that, in the arena that they were doing that, blew the roof off of Comic-Con. Oh, man, that just makes it sad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> just... A little bit. Oh, but it, oh, man. Oh, and real quick, Marvel bought it in 2009. Marvel was bought in 2009. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, so this, this is after, well, the movie came out after yeah. Marvel had already been bought. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't start doing the. They didn't take the Paramount logos off until after Iron Man three. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the first one would have been Thor: The Dark World, where it was just Marvel Studios. <coughs> uh, We're not a Marvel podcast. We're a Guilty <laughs> Treasure podcast. Uh, so uh, let's get right to it. We've been we've been jibber jabbering about uh, things because uh, the soundtrack slaps for this no, movie. Bangers. Bangers and slaps. It, it's just slap and bangers. All of those things. I was listening to it earlier today because <coughs> uh, research, and it, it holds up so gosh darn good. It's good work music. I it is. very rarely listen to soundtracks. I own a surprisingly large amount of soundtracks, but listen to them once, maybe twice. Uh, and I believe the Tron Legacy soundtrack still has, it's, still has songs that are in the top 25 most played of all of the music that I have ever listened to. Yep. Uh, that's uh, very fair. It's so yeah. it's done by Daft Punk. Yeah, uh, and they do a very good job. And it's the sort of thing where it's like you hear Daft Punk did a movie soundtrack, and there's a concern there. I think where Daft Punk does albums, and it's a very different thing from a movie soundtrack. But they do a very good job of doing a movie soundtrack, and it's very good. It's outrageously good. Um, it's we, very Hans Zimmery, which makes sense, <coughs> considering the time that it mm-hmm. comes out. With one or two tracks slipped in there that could just be from one of their normal albums. Yeah. Uh, notably in the club scene, where they make a cameo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it was literally, there was no question, I think, when they were like, who should we get to do this, the music? Yeah, it's just like, oh, And they were really hot at the time, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They did that Pharrell song mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I think Get Lucky was after this. It was? It, it was. I think so. Oh. Well, they were, they've always been a name. They just were in, real big in like the EDM house music scene. Yeah. And then they kind of became more into the, the foreground, I think. Yeah. And with this one, man, mm-hmm. it's really sad that this movie didn't do as well. Just because. Is it? I mean, it's just because, like, a bit. you don't get to I, know how great the soundtrack is. I, I kind of want Tron 3. I think, yeah. I think the soundtrack stands alone. I think the soundtrack did outrageously well. But if you don't know the... Although I have no facts to back this up. If right. you don't know the movie, you don't know the soundtrack sometimes. <coughs> you don't need to know the movie to listen to the soundtrack. Uh, true. True. It's even got some lines in there uh, on one of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people describe Daft Punk. Too. You get it's to like, hear you get to hear Jeff Bridges talk on one of the songs. That's great. The the like two the th- like two or three intro lines from the movie are the two or three intro lines to the soundtrack. Yeah, um, and that's it. I was listening to it today at work. Like it, it's just good work music. It's just stuff where you can just sit down, focus, and you have good tunes pounding through your head. It's a great soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Things. And this has all just been setting up Tron Legacy. That's right. Let's talk about Tron Legacy itself. Sure. Uh, what's the brief synopsis of Tron Legacy? So, brief synopsis <laughs> brief. of Tron Legacy. Um, brief synopsis. Ten, no. 
seven years after the end of the events of the original Tron, uh, Jeff Bridges, who has a kid at this point, uh, and is CEO of Encom, uh, completely disappears from the world. Just gone, vanishes. No one has any idea what's going on. Least of all, his son, Sam Flynn. Um, spoilers, Sam Flynn is the main character of this movie. Um, As opposed to Bruce Boxleitner, <laughs> which that should have been those cowards. <laughs> I, I I took notes on this. Uh, you hear me, Disney? You're a coward. The Put Bruce Boxleitner back in Tron 3, you the fucking cowards. <laughs> the char- this is an hour and 20 minute movie. No, no, this is a 120-minute movie. This is a two-hour movie. <laughs> Vastly Big different, difference. yes. I'm bad at time. Don't don't worry about it. It's okay. You're just um, a software engineer. There are... <laughs> the computer does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> for a grand total... The character of Tron appears in this movie for a grand total of 12 minutes of screen time. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Being generous for 10% of this movie... The title character is actually in this movie. Yeah, but and I... has <laughs> two lines, three. Yeah, yeah. Unlike James Independence Day, who takes up much yeah. of Independence Day. He's in a lot. <laughs> the character of Independence Day is in Independence Day for, a, I'd say, probably ninety minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's well deserved. The title. It yeah. Is. Uh, well, it also would have been different if they had called this Clue Legacy because people yeah. would be going, "Ooh, Tim Curry's back." <laughs> <laughs> It's about time, you know? You know, I feel like that's a board game waiting to happen. There's a big kick in legacy board games these days. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Sam Flynn, abandoned. Uh, unclear whether he runs away from home or just has a fit that day. One of many things that will be unclear Yeah. in the movie. That's <laughs> fair. Um, Spoiler. Cut to 20 not, years later. Also, not dunking, just fact. <laughs> yeah. Just fact. That, Let's clarify. No, that's true. Uh, cut to 20 years later, um, a much older Sam Flynn is doing stunts on a motorcycle uh, and breaking into Encom Tower, where Encom is releasing a big new product, and a whole bunch of stunts go on. He pranks the company and dives off the tower. Um, this is all setting that he's very athletic, he's good at a motorcycle, all things that will come up later. And a rascal. He's just yeah. pulling pranks. And, and a rascal, yes. Um, in any case, uh, later at his home, which is a pile of shipping containers in the middle of nowhere. Uh, uh, it's true. It's, it's unclear where these actually come from. And he, lives, he lives at the side of a bridge in a shipping container that also looks so good. <laughs> It's the highest scale shipping it's container I've ever seen. It's a perfect aesthetic that would be going, oh, I'm rich, but also I ain't bougie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nancy Myers um, hey, girl, you want to come back to my shipping container? <laughs> Let me finish. It ain't bougie. <laughs> uh, Bruce Boxleitner actually appears yeah! in his role as Alan. Um, no, no relation. Uh, <laughs> that's how names that's how families work yeah that's right yeah uh, uh, dumb jokes aside uh, <laughs> oh thank goodness someone said it <laughs> let's get to the let's get to what makes this uh, podcast really now the sweet. podcast can start no. yeah. <laughs> welcome to guilty treasures <laughs> um, 
he's gotten a tech a sorry a page from Kevin Flynn's old office. So Sam Flynn goes over to investigate and unsurprisingly finds a secret underground office uh, behind a Tron arcade cabinet, um, which is an actual thing that actually exists. I've played one of these arcade cabinets before, and it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you would expect, he gets sucked. There's a laser there because, of course, there is. Uh, interesting things to note, the laser in the original movie took up, like, this giant, like, separate research space. Yeah. And it's like, now you could fit into a this size room that yeah. we're currently in that it, none of the listeners can actually see. But yeah, previous, podcasts are a visual medium, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, tremendously visual. And I appreciate you drawing diagrams to explain the movie as well. Yes. Uh, so now he's on the grid. Yeah. Um, and he is trying to find his way. He is immediately captured, uh, forced into the games, which is, for some, a fate worse than death, as is evidenced by a guy who literally runs screaming and jumps to his death. Uh, yeah. This movie isn't subtle. No. No. Not at all. Um, which I, do, I don't require subtlety. No. It, it's This isn't a movie that I think, quote-unquote, should be nah. subtle. It works. Yeah. Um, trapped in the games. Uh, he plays along for a little bit and then he immediately tries to break free and um, is confronted with a foe uh, known as Rinsler, who will be important, important later. You're a computer guy. Yeah. Uh, I think it hasn't been made clear if you're a computer guy on this podcast <laughs> at all. He's a Madden guy. I, um, Football. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Boxing. So the first Tron has yeah. a lot of has character names which are firmly ensconced within programming terminology or computer terms. Does yeah. Rinsler mean anything, or does it uh, just sound cool? I think it just sounds cool. Okay, just let's be clear about that. Sure. Now I'm curious. Was it somebody? I don't know. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is the author J.W. Rinsler, who makes really thorough making of books, specifically regarding the Star Wars franchise and Indiana Jones. And that seems too obscure. Yeah, probably not it. Um, regardless. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, uh, real, so. real quick, sorry. Um, Dennis Rinsler was a Disney producer. Oh! Um, even Stevens, That's So Raven. Uh, he was also a producer for Full House. Um, uh, Corey in the House, National <coughs> Lampoon's think, uh, Family Reunion, um, the Even Stevens movies. Sure. So maybe there's something in there. Maybe he was... Uh, maybe. Maybe he punched one of the producers of Tron. He was like, <laughs> put him in there. <laughs> make, make him a bad guy. Uh any case, uh, as a result of this fight, Sam gets a cut on his arm and bleeds, uh, which is something that no one else in this universe does. Because they all programs. Exactly. It's in place. It's clear they're programs full of Kool Aid. Uh, <laughs> Just Kool Aid and right. hot pockets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they bur- They. Maybe it's Gushers. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're just made out of Gushers. It's just so unclear what the red substance <laughs> is. 
Real, like, real plot hole in the movie. It, it, looked, get back to it us. looks cool. Uh, before we go on any yeah. further, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Sam as a character. Uh, how do we think of Garrett Hedlund's performance as Sam Flynn, guys? Uh, I, I see what he was going for. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he tried he he tried real good, but uh, sure, it there was just something missing. I remember watching the first official trailer for this movie, and I watched it so many times because it, it cannot be understated, overstated. It cannot be stated enough how pretty this movie is. Yeah. This movie is- It looks gorgeous. This movie is so well designed. Uh, it's it's ludicrous. It is, it is ludicrous. It's clear that Joseph Kaczynski was putting so much care into the look of this movie. Um, yeah. <coughs> it, it, it almost seems like, because if I'm not mistaken, they anticipated a third one. Right. Oh, yes. Most it, and it's clear. But the, there well, was the, th- the thing that we didn't even talk about is is whenever Sam Flynn is doing his extreme hacking and then base jumps off of the Encom Tower, mm. one of the programmers, the the son of Ed Dillinger, yes, uh, is Killian Murphy. Oh yeah, and has a bit part because it's the only time we see that character. Yeah, and nothing is done with that character. No, there's. There's no reason for that character to exist other than a call back to the first movie, or b set up for a sequel. It's definitely setting up for yeah. the sequel. I mean, it's probably both at the same time, but yeah. still, um, given that the sequel never got made yet, it's been nice. <laughs> yeah, but it was how how many years? There, it, it was almost, eighteen years. Yeah. I just want to see old Sam Flynn. <laughs> no, it was 28 years, wasn't it? Yeah, it was That's how 30, math works. <laughs> yeah. Just like how names work with Alan. <laughs> That's right. Uh, like, but what, what I'm I mean, a software mean, engineer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is that they you could tell that they were trying to build a pretty world. Like, literally, yeah. not just in the storyline or the story mm-hmm. arc. They were just trying to make a pretty world that we wanted to keep going to. And it, it, it works. It's, yeah. it's really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense within the logic of the film. Yeah. As, as it, it does comes not out. make a lick of sense. But. Uh, be, because Flynn builds this world, Kevin Flynn, Jeff Bridges' character, builds this world, he could literally build anything he wants. And it's a really cloudy and dark neon world that just doesn't. Why would you make it so cloudy? Doesn't scream Jeff Bridges at all. Not really. Oh, especially well, not in this movie where yeah. he's playing Lebowski light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just tab Lebowski. Just not the, no full flavor. Just it. it uh. But it it was. Uh, if, if if the Jeff Bridges character programmed the Tron world the way that it's it is according to the character, it just would have been a trippy psychedelic nightmare world. <laughs> It would not have been the coldly calculating Tron world that, that that happened. It would literally just – you would walk in, be digitized, and then you would just die immediately because you're overwhelmed by colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially if you – again, if you go back to the style of the – I don't want to keep harping on this, but if you go back to the style of the original movie, yeah, uh, which – there are definitely some similarities between these two films, but they're also very different in terms of the art direction. Yeah. 
it, there there are lines. Yep, and lights. There's lights. Yeah, and and everyone has skin tight outfits that glow. Yes, uh, except there were more, more togas in the original. Yes. I Def- I am not making that up. Definitely missing togas in this one. Uh, bring back cool. togas, you cowards! <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out, Disney. We're getting tired of it. It it does seem like an evolution of the natural uh, of the Tron aesthetic, but uh, so people can actually watch it and not be embarrassed <laughs> by, by what they're seeing because uh, that, that's fair. Yeah, no one wears silly helmets, and if they do wear a silly helmet, it's something that is making you look badass. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Uh, do we have questions we got to get to for him? Uh, we're still not even through the plot synopsis. Oh, snap. Okay. Since when does this podcast ever get through the po- plot synopsis? Very rarely. <laughs> Fair. Good. He's calling us out. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I actually listen to the podcast. We have a fan. Yeah. We, and he's not directly related to us. We have a fan. That's right. <laughs> Heard it here, folks. <laughs> Just really excited to get your mom on the podcast, Aaron. <laughs> She'll be coming in Mom's May. That's when all our moms will be coming. No, no, no. That's not what May's gonna be. Are we? Are we gonna? Are we gonna drop? Hmm? Are we gonna drop what we're having? Our schedule? No. We we should get the schedule put together first so that Fair. we can galvanize exact what exactly May is gonna be. We have ideas, guys. It's it's going to be exciting. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. And then, and then summer is going to be even better. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we're jazzed. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, we were somewhere in this plot synopsis. Uh, he he's we, on the grid. He meets Clue, who looks like a he looks like the Kevin Flynn that we saw at the beginning of the movie, right before he disappeared. Uh, and and this is where CGI young Jeff Bridges is here as yes. well. Uh, he w- I mean he was in the first scenes of the movie too. It's just it's actually fairly well done there that I don't think it stands out. And then like. At the later you go in the movie, the more uncanny valley it gets. And oh, I th- I th- oh man, I I think if they had just left Clue as the CG Jeff Bridges, uh, it would have been a lot better. But it's it's like being it, it it's like being beaten with a baseball bat at the beginning. Whenever they're just trying to tell you this is young Jeff Bridges, uh, I I remember watching that first trailer though, and see, seeing young young Jeff, not the teaser, but the. The actual proper trailer where the actual, they trailer. actual had footage, mm-hmm. and they had the one photorealistic shot of Jeff Bridge of young Jeff Bridges in that shot, and I was and I was going, <coughs> they did it, they've done it, <laughs> they've successfully figured out how to de-age actors. This looks right. He looks like young Jeff Bridges. I rewound that so many times, and then I saw the movie. I went, oh, <laughs> that's the only shot. <laughs> Kudos to that trailer director. Oh, yeah. They got that one <laughs> two-second shot down. You just packed. need one clean take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one clean take. Yeah, that's right. All it requires. Um, so you meet Clue for the first time, who is the movie's antagonist. Um, and... Shortly after that, he is sentenced to a light cycle battle on in this arena because it's a Tron movie. You have to have a light cycle battle. It's the only thing anyone remembers about Tron is light cycles. Yes. So you can't have 
This movie doesn't exist without the light cycle scene. Yeah. Before I even knew what Tron was, I just thought it was a racing movie. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just thought it was about exactly these weird little Lego-looking things that just <coughs> ran across a light board. So, I mean, yeah. you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of depth. Um, they look a lot cooler in this one. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's still not a lot of depth in this movie. Slightly more than the original, but I don't. It's a low bar. I don't know. I like the I like the original more compared to to this one. Uh, potentially just because the the fact that they were having to invent so many things. That's fair for for that movie. That's, yeah, that's fair. I can I can respect that because a lot of the things you end up seeing in this movie are just callbacks to the original that have yeah. been given a fresh coat of paint. I mean, and Tron, that's fair. Tron Legacy is literally prettier. It's not as not as charming. Not yeah, as, no, that's fitting. Not as charming as the super bright colors and everyone being really dorky running around in, in underwear I, of the yeah. first movie. What's not charming about that? What is not charming about that? Guys? No, I, I agree. I agree. Also, why won't anyone hang out with me? <laughs> <laughs> Time and a place. Sure. <laughs> Um, and he is rescued by, uh, from the grid by one of the two female characters in this movie. Oh my two, God. There are two named female characters. The second one, uh, her last line in the movie is to give her name. Her name is Jem. She is, uh, Caster's henchman. Henchwoman. That's the lady from the beginning. Yes, yeah. the one who's in the armory scene. And oh my god, uh, she literally lives in the walls. Yes, except apparently not, because think further things that make no sense. Sure. As we've discussed, that is most of this movie. She, um, lit- she literally lives <clears throat> in an encapsulation that has boobs. <laughs> yeah, it is Look, terrible. This this movie is. I do enjoy it a lot. Uh, I liked it too. I'm it not is, dunking. It is. Does not score very highly on gender politics. No. Oh, yeah. No. Or, or, for that matter, race politics. There is not a single character of color in this movie. Yeah, they're all. Yeah, I, I saw that. Not only are they all white, they're all super white. <laughs> <laughs> they picked all translucent actors. <laughs> yeah. Couple of pasty, just there was a little pasty color in there. <laughs> in any case, Quora, played by Olivia Wilde, um, shows up and rescues him. And we have this moment of them leaving the city because apparently there's a city and it's surrounded by wilderness. Yes, question. There's a lot of yeah, plot to get through, except cyberspace. there's really not. Yeah, uh, I'm just yeah, we, we all going into know. laborious detail. Anyways, give us the shortest version. They get to the outskirts, and actual Jeff Bridges is there, and they have this touching reunion that isn't as touching as it should be because Jeff Bridges realized that something is up because uh, he did not send the page that summoned Sam Flynn sure. to the grid. Um, Clue sent that, and the entire plan is to get Jeff Bridges' identity disc. They all have these discs on their back because that's another part of the film that is important. Yes. Um in any case, uh, Jeff Bridges' identity desk, uh, Kevin Flynn's, that is, sure. uh, is a MacGuffin that allows you to get out of this place, except not actually get out because he was trapped in here. 
this system is poorly designed, if you ask me, because why would you make it so that it automatically closes on itself? Yeah, how did it get out before? Uh, presumably he just left while the laser was still powered on was the implication. Oh. And this time he waited too long. So, yes, he was trapped here by Clue that day 20 years ago because sure. Clue turned on him. Uh, turned on him and Tron, who is actually in this movie, Shock of Shocks. Yeah. Um, and uh, Because Jeff Bridges knows that Rinsler is Tron. Because reasons. Yeah. Spoilers, uh, Rinsler is Tron. Yeah. Um, but that is not a thing that is known yet. Um, it's also not a thing that's actually that important. It's It's so not important. Rinsler is a non-character. There are... Good things in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I rated this on my letterbox to count a three out of five. Sure. Uh, although, bringing up gender and race politics, I should probably downgrade this a lot more. Yeah. Uh, anyways, continue. Um, so, at this point, uh, everyone is sad because... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because Jeff Bridges is now is, has essentially resigned himself to an eternity of living in this space. Uh, weird things is like... There's talk of, like, time dilation where, like, hours inside the computer is only minutes outside of the computer, which means if he's been in there for 20 real-world years, how long has it felt like he's been in there? I, I feel like that's super unclear. Yeah. In the movie. Again, there are good things about this movie. <laughs> I am I refuse to dunk on this movie because I don't want to lose money. <laughs> I've lost so much money to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they go they go into the city. They they get into some fights, yep. uh, and then uh, where do you want to pick up from here? Oh, there's Mar there. There's Martin, Martin Sheen, Sheen. Michael Sheen, Michael, Michael Sheen. Sheen, Michael Sheen. Ooh, very different. Uh, who rules in this movie? <laughs> he plays Caster slash Zeus. Oh, sure. Same character. Yeah. Exactly um, the same character. Uh, no, literally the same character. They're yeah. just alternate names for the same guy. Yes. Um, and hams it up a little bit, but it works. A little bit? <laughs> bit of an understatement. Michael uh, Sheen hams it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised there's any scene where he left after he's done chewing it. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's true. Uh, actually, I guess there isn't because that club gets exploded by the end of the film. Michael Sheen Spoilers. is the best part of this movie. I'll allow it. <laughs> For me, <laughs> the best part of this movie was the the sound, the music. Uh, we we only have about ten or fifteen minutes. And okay, we're still uh, let's, let's shotgun those questions. Uh, long story short, they get to the portal. Uh, they get out. <laughs> long story real short, get to the portal. <laughs> Sam and Corey get out. Uh, Jeff Bridges reintegrates with Jeff Bridges. There's an explosion. Uh, Kevin Flynn is dead. Um, and Sam Flynn grows up and becomes an adult and then takes over the company. Oh, the and, end. And, and Quora exists the in the world real world somehow. In the real world, which is a great setup for a sequel. That, that never happened. Never come because Olivia Wilde never popped. Garrett <laughs> Hedlund never popped. <laughs> Jeff Bridges' career went down in this movie underperformed but the soundtrack good though <laughs> <laughs> it pops it bangs uh we haven't even talked about 
we, we talked about Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. but I, I specifically wrote down one of his lines, which was biodigital jazz, man. My favorite yeah. line in the movie. <laughs> it's either that or you're messing with my Zen thing. Yeah. That's right. There's the point where uh, Rensselaer is jumping over the the light plane in the in the final battle, and Jeff Bridges looks up and he goes, "Radical man." I, I really love movies where, which are most Jeff Bridges movies, yeah. where they're just like, "Do you, man? Just just do what you well, can." No, because I recently listened to a podcast about Iron Man, and they were talking about how much of a problem Jeff Bridges has with improvisation. Really? Because so much of the first Iron Man movie was improvised, and Jeff Bridges was going, I can't do this. This is not how I work. Really? So, so, Interesting. so this is not Jeff Bridges bringing himself. This is someone writing to Jeff Bridges and bringing Lebowski stuff in because he will he, he will prepare. That's – oh, man. Well, he right? does – he prepares, prepares well. I know, if I'm not mistaken, Big Lebowski, they told him to just come in some of his clothes. And they just <laughs> – like, those were Jeff Bridges' clothes. He didn't have a uh, a wardrobe department for that movie. True. Uh, Anyways, I believe there are questions you're supposed to ask me. Yes, this is the meat of the podcast. Uh, you know, 10 to 15 minutes This is left. what we're known for. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, for people that are just tuning in to Guilty Treasures, congratulations. You've listened to the first episode, which has successfully synopsized a film. Uh <laughs> The majority of the podcast consists of asking our guests three questions in regards to the guilty treasure, which they have chosen to bring. Uh, so we will ask you these questions about the second entry of Millennial March, Tron Legacy. Question number one, Alan, why do you like this specific guilty treasure? So I I have a, I have an emotional connection with the original Tron movie. Sure. Um, and this particular movie is just, came at a time in my life where it was kind of formative. Um, it was, you know, a year or two into college, and I was finally, like, kind of breaking away from where I was in high school and trying to, quote-unquote, find myself, as cliche as that sounds. Uh, but it, it it was just like, it could have been any movie, but it was this movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of why it's, meaningful to me um and i like pretty things right, and i'm a man. and i'm a computer guy and that's that, that's again it's cliche but like come on man yeah no joke i watched i watched this trailer so many times we all prayed for it to be good it's a rad trailer yeah it is it's everything ah. is so cool and we were tricked <laughs> <laughs> a little bit but this movie is watching it now. It holds up a lot better than whenever the first time. Gosh darn! We haven't even talked about the 3D of the movie, Alan. We haven't talked about the 3D of the movie. So this is cool, Aaron. If you're going to see this movie, Aaron, if you're only going to watch this movie once, I've been doing this podcast standing up the whole time. You have to. You have to see it in 3D. You genuinely have to see it in 3D. I am normally not a fan of 3D in films because it's normally shoved in without any like thought put into it. Yeah, because this was really in the heart of right. everything's got to be 3D. Right. Everything had to be 3D. I mean, this this film did it Avatar. very well. Oh, yeah. This film used 3D the same way The Wizard of Oz uses color. Yeah. In that it's completely flat, completely 2D, as long as you're in the real world. And then the second you get into the grid, boom, the 3D is on, and it's just a whole new 
world. And in IMAX as well, oh. it wasn't just 3D, but the picture opened up too. So it, you're watching a 2D 2.35 uh, film. Oh, this would have been great in IMAX. Oh. It was. Oh. Uh, and yeah, it was it, lovely. Lovely use of 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely use of 3D and a beautiful movie to do it for. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, question number two. Uh, well, no, you already answered it. You experienced this uh, in college, and mm-hmm. I think you already kind of answered what this guilty treasure means to you. Yeah. So, way to answer all three questions. Look at I'm just being efficient. Sure. <laughs> look, look. I got through an entire film plot synopsis. Yeah. And I answered all three questions at once. Oh. New record. And me and Kenny still fit bits in there. Hey! <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about this piece uh, as well because this was. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. this was probably one of the first Lega sequels that came, pun intended, now that I'm thinking about the fact <laughs> that it is a pun. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the first movies that is technically a sequel, but really is kind of a reboot of the yep. movie, like yeah. Jurassic World, The yep. Force Awakens, uh, Star Trek 2009, <clears throat> uh, but, oh boy, that one takes such labors to reboot it. Not a Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Um, and it, it also just has such an interesting place in film history because of that and being at the top of those of, of that trend what do you think how do you think that executed itself how do you think it executes itself as a Tron sequel Alan I mean as a Tron sequel it's or a Tron remake reboot whatever you can it's interesting because it. it's in some ways it is giving more depth to the world than what existed in the original movie. However, I think you were right earlier when you said it lost a lot of its charm because a lot of the things it's doing are just, these are things that happened in the first film and here they are again with a new coat of paint on them. Yeah. Um, Especially, there's no reason this, this is a completely, if you're going by the lore, of this franchise. Which we are. Which, of course, you are. Um, there's no reason this system has any relation whatsoever to the system in Tron. Yeah, I think this movie really stands on its own. Yeah, if we're being real, the way I think Disney being Di- – or Disney the way it is now, what I anticipated because this started a <coughs> video game and this started an animated series. Yes. Uh, and what I anticipated them wanting is they just bought Marvel, as we just saw. Um, they really mm-hmm. wanted toys, and they really wanted everything else that comes with a there, Disney movie. There were literally toys in the first five minutes of the film. Yeah, this yeah. is a very toyetic film, and I can't think of any toys that came out of this Yeah, and I can't think movie. of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where Disney was like, okay, this didn't bring us the cash cow. And also, if I'm not mistaken, Alice in Wonderland came out the same year, which – did billions. It grossed $1 billion. Yeah, and this one and did... everyone forgets about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how much this movie grossed. This one did... I'm I'm going to say... $400 million. Sure, let's play this. Let's yeah, play this. I'm going to say $400 million. God, I have, I have no frame of reference for these things. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the over and say $450 million. He's prices writing me. I'm gonna guess two seventy five. A dollar. <laughs> Here we go. Tron Legacy. 
Oh, man. We're all over. Lifetime gross. Oh, no. Uh, six dollars. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> domestic. Okay, this is different. A uh, can of peanuts. <laughs> domestic. <laughs> a production budget of $170 million. Okay. Domestic gross. $172 million. Uh. <laughs> Plus foreign, which was two hundred twenty-eight million. Yeah, I expected this being a big foreign film. Uh, gets it to four hundred million, uh, but domestic barely made its budget back. And I mean, when you have Alice in Wonderland, you just bought Di- you just bought Marvel. You, I, you can, you know, the business people had Star Wars on the horizon. I, it really sucks that this one was just kind of doomed to fail. Well, it, the movie just wasn't. <clears throat> this movie's pretty. Again, want to clarify. <laughs> So three out of five, but I need to downgrade it because of politics, because uh, yep. it's rough. And I just remembered how bad it is that there's a woman that lives in the walls. Yeah, and the animated boots. series ain't bad though. It's not. It's, it ain't bad. Sure, it's kind of like the Clone Wars, you know. <laughs> I mean, I I can't get through the Clone Wars yet. <laughs> I've tried, and it's what about the animated series? The Star War, the oh Tron Uprising. Uh, I think I saw the first episode or two, and I went, all right. Yeah, they're doing some stuff, but yeah, it yeah. failed. Um, yeah. Movie is super pretty. Soundtrack. Epic. Awesome. Buy it. Yeah. Just outright buy it. I th- go buy the soundtrack. I think there's a... Maybe you don't go buy the film. Buy the soundtrack. If buy the soundtrack. There's anything you get... And, and pirate Tron Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or don't. Well, that brings, <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, Alan, uh, where can people find you online if you want people to find you uh, online? You can find me at Ars Ignis. That's A-R-S underscore I-G-N-I-S on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much it. Fabulous. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you online? <sighs> Laughing Panda. Oh, Instagram, Twitter. Um on Facebook, I am Aaron Salinas. That is S-A-L-I-N-A-S. You can find me at Austin Amateurs on YouTube. And uh, you can find me more than likely at Tacos al Pastor on Riverside, mostly after uh, 10 p.m. That's where I'll usually pick up some tacos. That is correct. Uh, also, Alan, if I'm correct, uh, if people purchase copies of Madden, you get 50% of the proceeds. Is that right? Uh, close enough. Sure. Yeah. So buy multiple wow. copies of Madden. Yeah. Wowza. Yeah. It's on profit margin, but that's <laughs> all right. That's that's How's what EA, EA surviving? wants. Sure. That's that's a fair question. Uh, I mean, I can... own EA, obviously. <laughs> oh. With that kind of money, it stands for Eric and Alan. <laughs> yeah. I I get fifty percent. I'm Alan. <laughs> Eric gets the other fifty percent. They. Oh, business is so easy when you break it down like right? that. Yeah. There's nothing problematic about it at all. <laughs> Uh, you can find me this Sunday at Fallout uh, doing a show with my duo, Kenny Rogers. Please check out, I believe, falloutcomedy.com for more information and tickets. Additionally, you can find me on Twitter at MyMagicLesson, or you can find me at my Letterboxd account, watching all the movies that I watch. Uh, Letterboxd.com slash Kenny Madison is cool. Additionally, you can go to my direct website, KennyMadisonIsCool.com. 
Final plug, uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Guilty Treasures on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and on Podbean. And if your review is particularly good, we'll read it on air because we are not above it. Also, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash flatfilms, where you can get exclusive content related to the podcast and other hot tit from our parent company, Flat Films. Uh, anything else to say before we leave, gentlemen, about Tron Legacy? Um, I did want to throw a shout-out to um i'm not gonna say your last name because that'd be weird but olivia she uh mentioned us on twitter and that made us really uh really happy oh, she, yeah she, she said um i have to say i love the banter on the guilty treasures podcast i couldn't stop laughing when they talked about love songs when was our love a song episode hey, right. p.s can i volunteer myself to be a guest i have several guilty pleasure films we could discuss yeah. this is also to remind people you can find us on twitter guilty treasures <laughs> 3 and guilty treasures pod on instagram so yes uh, we are actually in dis- uh, i talked to olivia when she'd like to come on. So, yeah, she, that might be a thing. So, yeah. So, maybe if you're local, you could be on the pod. Oh, baby. Oh, wowza. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been yet another episode of Guilty Treasures. Don't forget to dig up those guilty treasures and let them shine. Bing, bing, bing. Nice. We need a soundboard. That's Apparently. what this podcast needs. <laughs> soundboard. <laughs> Not an intro song. What if there was a sound effect for soundboards? <laughs> Soundboard. Do you remember Guts? Yeah. They reminded me of Guts. 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 Do the